Put me in, coach. This is Corey, and this is the Year of the Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. Another night like tonight, and we're going back to audio-only format. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 293 of the Year of the Anthem podcast, coming to you from the uh, hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, I say this all the time, is anchor.fm forward slash oh the anthem. There you can find links to whatever podcatcher you want to listen to us on, and you can go. What are you doing, really? We're live on the internet, and somebody you're gesturing and like mouth moving. Never, like I know exactly what you're talking about. Have you ever been on a movie set before? Is this what you do? <laughs> you step up behind the people. You walk up to the actor, get in their eye line, and start acting like you're talking. Is that let me what get you right want? in your yeah. eye? I'm sorry. Wait, wait, Corey, Corey. Hold on, I'm going to do this. Is going wrong? Is, is something happening? Is something, that- something. Something going on right now? Jesus Christ! A bunch of professionals here. Listen, uh, you, you know, guys gotta you guys gotta donate some money because we gotta get a studio. <laughs> we gotta get a studio space. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Corey. You know uh, the best place you can find us is Anchor.fm forward slash Show the Anthem. Uh, it is where you can find links to all the podcatchers where you can find us everywhere. Uh, and yeah, I don't know why you're not bothering to go there all the time and find it. And, of course, you can find more Oh The Anthem at Oh The Anthem on Twitter and Instagram. That's where we post pretty often. If you're watching live right now, it's at Facebook.com forward slash Oh The Anthem. And you know what? You really should because that new intro video, totally worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, make sure you check that out week after week from now on. And uh, you can find all the Oh The Anthem videos at, at YouTube.com forward slash Oh The Anthem. Of course, everything, everything Oh The Anthem is available at OhTheAnthem.com. Yes, indeed. Yes. It was a little bit of a dry run on the intro video this week. Yeah. Just because uh, it was so close to being ready, and I just sort of wanted to, like, put it out there and see... if anybody stumbled upon it to, to uh, give us some notes or something like that. But well, and I'll tell you that what I've been hearing from everybody is I hate turning in to that wait screen and not knowing yeah. how long do I have before the show's actually coming up. So now when we get about 10 minutes away from going live, you'll see the new wait screen and it gives you something to watch. It's not just like. Stack. Yeah, I mean, it ga- gave you uh, it gave a l- little taste of heretics. It yeah. had a couple classic O the Anthem episodes in there. Little yeah, a little segments. performance from us. Yeah, you can't miss that. Uh, I look skinny as hell, so y'all <laughs> need to check that out just because I look skinny. The choke is for real. Woo, the choke is for real. Uh, but yeah, so make sure that you uh, check that out moving forward. Yes, indeed. All right, so we have uh, a loaded week. We, we need do. to we need to get right into it. Let's do that, and we'll start out right at the top with a little sports ball. Oh, you know what? Uh, for some reason, <laughs> the Stream Deck not working. So that's super awesome. Thanks, Stream Deck. Here we go. Sports ball. No, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like selecting it, but it's. So apparently the Stream Deck is that not is, just used to that select That is weird it. as hell, by the way, because I just heard the thing for sports ball, but I couldn't hear anything else coming in. That's before that. You didn't hear anything from it no. before? I mean, I unmuted the... Uh, it has been a Gremlins kind of night. Uh, <laughs> it seems like Monday is not a friendly night for uh, for us to be recording. Well, but we've also had the last like three weeks we've had to have some sort of like weird updates, <sighs> the servers and like uh, everything. I don't know what is going on. But you know what? OBS is a fantastic program. I tell people all the time, this is what you should be using to stream live. This is what you should be using to record anything. Uh, I use it for like all of the projects that I work on. Yeah. But... It has been a pain in the ass lately. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I might have to go see if there's something else. The Get your shit together. The problem is it's open source. So like, yeah. I love it. If somebody finds a problem, they fix it. Then the OBS people are like, yep, that fixes it. And they update. 
But then it's like every Monday there's a goddamn update. And, yeah. Uh, then we're dealing with Windows updates and driver updates and OBS updates. And blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Spurs Ball. Yes. So, Ravens uh, on, played on Sunday this week, which will be changing in the near future. And uh, won in an amazing fashion. Yes. Um, the number three seed, Houston Texans. <laughs> just, just not working at all. The number three seed Houston Texans uh, came into Baltimore this past week and were demolished thoroughly, uh, forty-one to seven, the final score. And Lamar again, four passing touchdowns, another amazing run, uh, just having his way with every single defense that he he comes across. It's just been a, a truly inspiring thing to watch. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, well, inspiring is one way to look at it. The other one is watching a game. You play a game of Madden against you yeah. know, me or Roberto, where it's just like, listen, this is not even really fair at this point. What are we? What are we doing with our lives? So it's almost like they're not playing the same sport. Yeah, like it, yeah. It, how how incredible he's been playing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it, there's been MVP talk with Lamar. I think that it, beating Deshaun Watson in such a convincing fashion in a game like this yeah. certainly helps your your chances and, of being elected as the MVP. Yeah, beating him, but also just keeping him off the field, which seems like it can be half the battle, but like the Ravens had the ball for so much of that game. It, it's ridiculous. I was watching Sunday Night Football because I worked all, all Sunday. Yeah. Got home in time for Sunday Night Football and watching the Bears and the Rams just try and get like first downs. Yeah. And it's like, it's third and 15 and, I'm, and they're throwing these like little screen passes. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going? Is this what the NFL is? Is this what it used to be like in the dark ages? Yes. Yes. This is what it is, is like for everyone else now. It's not like these like sustained 10 minute drives that the Ravens are constantly like putting on. It's it's uh, it's such a good time. Uh, Brendan texted me while the game was going on. It was just like, I, I hate to be this person who's like saying this out loud. But mm -hmm. like, do you think there's any team that. If people want to face less than the Ravens right now, and I'm like, no, probably not. No, like, uh, beat the Patriots, uh, 49ers. What do you think about that? The aberration early in the season with the 49ers. I mean, I think they're a good team. Uh, I feel like they. It's not that they're like lucky, but they're just sort of like it's. Sometimes I feel like a game can just sort of like fall into you a little bit, and I feel mm -hmm. like that's sort of been happening with the 49ers here and momentum's there. Momentum's a big thing, and they yeah. they get momentum early, and then it's hard to get it back. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the uh, Patriots are still going to be a challenge in the playoffs. Like, you know, in, in New England, at Foxborough, it's yeah. really tough to, like, compete with them there. Yeah. But uh, I, I I just really, I, everyone on this, this Ravens team is such an easy team to root for. And that is making it so wonderful. They're, they're all in together. The offense and the defense, it's like all one collective unit. Yep. Um, you know, Mark Ingram telling people to meet him outside M&T Bank if they don't think that he uh, Lamar's MVP and stuff like that. It's wonderful. Uh, and I I think what I like most about this team is they're not like getting ahead of themselves or they're yeah. not like feeling themselves. They're they're just sort of like it's very one week after the other. They're very focused on what they have to do going ahead. And it's not like we're not going to look into the Rams until we're done with the Texans, you yeah. know. And that that's. Wonderful as well. And, you know, I said this week, uh, and then I realized I haven't watched the Rams play in the last few weeks, but I said, hey, next week could be a Super Bowl preview. But then apparently the Rams have fallen off since, yeah. like, the first three weeks of the season I actually saw them. Yeah, and the NFC is really tough because it's going to be 
you're going to have to really put up a nice record to make the playoff in the NFC. Yeah. The AFC, you know, like the Steelers are still sort of in it, like yeah. five and six. And so, so it's like uh, there's more chances in the AFC other than the top four seeds, it seems. Like the wild card is pretty wild open. Yeah. Wide open. Wild open. Yeah. Uh, but the NFC is like very like locked down sort of at this moment. It's all positioning and seating and stuff like that. Well, speaking of next week's game, yes, the, when it may not be a Super Bowl preview, but it may be the only game of the year that we're going to get to watch live. Yeah, and still we don't get to watch it at a normal time, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, I mean, five twenty to me sounds like a <laughs> it's not horrible an ideal time. Could be worse. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, wouldn't a one o'clock game that plays four o'clock on the East Coast be better? Yeah, on a Sunday where I can tailgate before and not have to rush from work and yeah. But I mean, I, I'm 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 fine with the Monday. The, you know, it's a spectacle too. So yeah. if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go to the game, I would like the the whole thing with the. Uh, you know, Monday Night Football vibes and stuff like that. And so burying the lead, uh, Ravens are on Monday Night Football next week. They're playing the Rams in L.A. And, mm-hmm. of course, we will be in attendance. Section 100, 200, 3-something. Two 200. Uh, yeah. uh, we are on the Rams side of the field, but kind of in the bowl end of the stadium. Like yeah. uh, across from the torches. Yeah. For those of you who know anything about the Coliseum. Yeah. So, um, and unfortunately, we're going to have two Rams fans with us. Um, At least they're part of the game. Yeah, well, they, I mean. Until they I'm, get tired of the shit talk. They're going to wander off to the bar probably <laughs> about two minutes in. But uh, otherwise, they'll be with us. Uh, so it'll be an interesting experience, I think. And just, you know, I've been to the Coliseum and watched the Rams a couple of times. And it was always fun. But I always hated that, like, if I'm there for the Rams, it seemed like the visiting team had so many fans in the stadium. Yeah. This will be one time when I'll be glad for all the fans. Um, it'll hopefully be like Miami back in 2015. When oh, that would be great. Yeah, We showed up and it was like, oh, so this is apparently M&T South. It, it sounds that? like the West Wing is gearing up for an all-time yeah. kind of event uh, with uh, everyone coming out for that. So I, I'm excited. Uh, the West Wing, for people who don't know, is like the Los Angeles chapter of the Ravens roost essentially. So but like, apparently people from Phoenix are coming in yeah. people from San Francisco. So like West wing started out in LA, I think, but now it has like a little mini chapter in Phoenix and a mini chapter in, in San Francisco. And mm-hmm. basically where the team might come play, they have kind of sprung up, but yeah. a lot of them are coming to LA because even two weeks ago, you could get tickets for like 80 bucks that yeah. were really good views. So they're like, eh, I mean, I think really good views is kind of like, question it. it like the the thing looking around for tickets for the stadium it's very tough to know if you're like getting good seats or yeah like, you know like yeah. well to be fair though it's also one of those it's old like a hundred year old stadium too so there may not be a bad seat you might be yeah. far from the field but like there's no obstructed views because there's no roof there's no kind of like yeah. second story really so really everything is just open to the field it's a track and field stadium not a football stadium so and generally speaking if you're uh looking for where to sit at a football game. Uh, I avoid, like, down low. Because I don't want to sit too low to the field because you miss out on a lot of it. The reason why they have the the cameras sort of at, like, the 200 level is sort of it's the ideal position to be to be able to see depth across the field and see, like, where people are moving and stuff yeah. like that. And so, I never understood people who wanted to sit at field level. Like, you're literally blocked by, by the, the bench, team. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I, and if you sit at one end... Like your 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 seats in MNT were about where you want to be at the lowest level. Yeah. But 
action down at your end of the stadium really up close. And then when it gets to the other end of the stadium, it starts to like, I can't really tell what's going on because I mean, the you're best, almost behind the line. It, it's it's one of the – I don't feel like the NFL experience gets better down low. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I, if you – you might not like being up in the 300 or, like, upper deck level of a stadium because you're too far away from the action. But, I mean, like, as far as being able to actually process everything that's happening, you get a better view from an overhead angle or as much of an overhead angle as you can get. But also, we're used to watching on TV. So, it's like yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. used to following at a certain pace and from a certain distance. And it's really hard to watch, like uh, – I noticed at MT that I would get fooled by fake handoffs and play action yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Cause it's like, I have no idea, no concept of what, where the ball actually is without watching from that higher point of view right. down to the field. So, uh, I, I, uh, I would like for us to record after the game next week. Yeah. And so and I, I, I posted on the, uh, Oh, the Anthem Instagram, like, Oh, you're gonna have to wait two weeks. But, Despite the fact that I will have worked a full day and then gone to the game and then work a full day the next day and then catch a cross-country flight, Corey wants to record on Monday night. So I guess we'll have to... I mean, if we could, I just feel like, you know, it would be we would be taking advantage of everyone having our immediate thoughts on the Ravens game. That I mean, be. well, yeah, so the game will be done around 8. So yeah. given the traffic situation, we'll get back here around 1 a.m. And then... We'll <laughs> Everything be will be record. set up and ready to go, though. Yes. Okay, all right. So we can get started, I guess, in Yeah. Minute. Um, I, what, what was just as a quick aside, what was your plan for getting back from the game? Uh, cause I was literally thinking I might just get a Metro bike and just ride up ride Figueroa. Back. Well, we're with people who don't know how to ride bikes. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to work. I mean, uh, they can wait for an Uber all they want. I'm just saying like, I can get back to, I was actually considering taking a, the exposition line the other way. Yeah. The subway. Yeah. But going West and then getting an Uber from like Vermont back here hmm. because trying to get on the train to come back to downtown yeah will be murder trying to get an uber at the stadium will not be fantastic it'll be way surge priced and yeah. everything just take a train like two stops west and then you'll get a, an uber for the normal without the surge rate yeah and uh it'll get back faster because it'll just go up vermont and come down so you would still have to deal with all the people on the metro though for those two stops cuz people would be going west. Yeah, not as but bad like, as people coming east. Though. Yeah. Cuz the problem with the exposition is it doesn't really go anywhere, so it's good to get back downtown to change to a train that goes somewhere right. else. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's it gets the to thing. 7th Street. And you end up like getting to 7th Street and then it's like humanity just piles yeah, out yeah, of the train yeah. to the different levels. So, um but well, yeah, so we are, we'll record on Monday night. Uh you can join us on Monday night. Uh I would say it would be later than normal, but yeah, it's about the same time we've been going live for the last few weeks. So let's hope there's not any issues. Uh, well, if we delay. can if we can get all the all the things worked out before all the gremlins worked out before we <laughs> leave for the game, so. that would yes. be lovely. Um, all right. Anyway, so speaking of Monday Night Football, uh, we recorded last week. Uh, well, how did we miss that? Did it was on Thursday. That's it was why. Thursday yeah. night. Yeah, I was thinking it was Monday night, but I guess it was the Thursday night game this mm -hmm. week. So uh, something interesting happened. Speaking of the uh, foreign. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard. Six, five and six Steelers um, can't get it done on the field. So they start trying to get it done with their mouse. <laughs> and uh, somebody basically just said, hey, uh, shut your mouth. I, so. I don't know if that's necessarily how I would <laughs> frame what happened. But uh, I do think that. Uh, uh, well, starting off, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Miles Garrett, on the last play, basically, of the game, uh, 
sacked uh, or tackled uh, uh, Mason Rudolph, who had mm-hmm. at, to this point thrown four picks and yeah. was clearly going to be the st- everything everyone was talking about. Uh, uh, took him down on a hard tackle on the last play, and there was some jostling on the ground. And then all of a sudden, Mason Rudolph grabs her uh, Garrett's face mask. And then Garrett th- grabs his and then pulls his helmet off and then hits him over the head with his own helmet. Well, to be fair, uh, Rudolph tried to take off Garrett's yeah. helmet. He, like, yanked I really, off. I, uh, the, I, in the days since that has happened, I feel like I'm seeing less of the part of the video where Mason Rudolph is trying to yank off yeah. Garrett's helmet first. And he's doing a lot of, like, left and right yanking and yeah. up and down. And well, because, like, I, you know, like, Rachel was watching it with me, and we were talking about, like, well, what kind of punishment might happen from this? And I was just like, well, Garrett's done for the season. Yeah. Like, there's no way that he'd come back this <laughs> year. Yeah. Strike right. the quarterback in the uh, head with a helmet. With and, his own helmet. And there's probably some fines to go around for like somebody who like pushes somebody, like, you know, sort of like sucker oh, punch pushes people. Number or 50, kicking people on the field. Number and, like, 53 comes in hard with two yeah. rights, <laughs> trying to get his fist in between the, the eye gap yeah. of the, the <laughs> helmet, pushes him to the ground, and then points at the one guy who like turns to face the all of the umpires while the guy's kicking him in yeah. the head on the ground. I'm just like, oh, you set up a screen so you could kick the dude in the yeah, head. Yeah. That, you got to get a fine for that too. I think Mason Rudolph should have been sus- sus- uh, suspended for at least a game too, just for like really starting that whole thing. And, and I mean, it was like, really on him. I mean, like, it, so it, it's a it's a dual sided thing because like, uh, yes, Garrett hit him late. Yeah, and hit him really hard, and like and drove him drove into him into the ground and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but then it, it looked like throughout the entire video, like whenever I can see Rudolph's face, mm-hmm. it looks like he's just being annoying, yelling something annoying at somebody. Yeah, like I was waiting to hear the hard R. I was waiting to hear somebody <laughs> just be like, "Well, he was out there shouting the it hard be, R." It would be people. great if NFL Films would just get on it <laughs> and release like the unedited tape. What was being said? Like at some point, that's. Ju- I mean, so does that justify ripping off a guy's helmet and beating him with it if he's uh, using racial epithets? At, uh, yeah. <laughs> if there's a Furman tape situation going on, yeah, in yeah. The head of the. Uh, I mean, well, if there's a Brady on Sunday Night Football situation going on, <laughs> friendly or not, you're dropping hard uh, R's. I don't know. I. I. Uh, <laughs> it's like people forget about Mason Rudolph, but it's fine. It's. <laughs> Garrett's the. I mean, like as soon as you hit somebody over the head with their own helmet, like he kind of lost the moral argument. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I think like at some. Oh, so that just still goes off. That's cool. Yep. Mm, <laughs> Thanks right. for that. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, so we're trying to keep it a tight, keep it a tight show. So we got a timer going. But uh, yeah, I, you lose the moral high ground, but at the same time, you beat a dude with his own helmet. Yeah. Like I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I like how he got hit by the helmet too, and like it's like nothing happened. Like he's immediately looking at the ref, like, "Where's the flag? Where's the flag?" Wait, and did you see him go down after it? Though? Yeah. Like so, like he's looking for the flag. Nothing comes in, and then you see him go like, "Oh, oh, oh!" And he goes, <laughs> and he falls down as if like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to take a fall here if I yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. a flag of some <laughs> variety." So uh, I don't think anyone saw it. Bounces off his skull, and then he like turns and he's like, "Wow." <laughs> Anyway, it sounded so, like your Maxon impression right there. Basically, yeah. Well, I mean, he sounded a little a good bit baby. like Maxon with his whining. So <laughs> I guess it fits. But I, I, what happened to Miles Garrett? I didn't even see what the uh, suspended, suspended for the rest of the season. Oh, he's appealing. The rest of the season? Yeah, he's appealing. 
Uh, he's going to go to New York on Wednesday to, to argue in person. Yeah. Um, I feel like it might end up with a little less than the rest of the season. Well, we have like, uh, wouldn't it be funny if he kicks in the door and just starts hitting all the arbitrators <laughs> with helmets? <laughs> and it's just like, it's not so bad. See, 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 <laughs> you're fine. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I imagine it will be a four or five week suspension, but by the way, just, just to point out. Uh, the allegation. How, much, how much would they fix the concussion problem in the NFL of all the NFL executives who were in the board meeting to decide whether or not they were going to reinstate Garrett? All got concussions from getting hit in the head by helmets. This all is of terrible. A sudden, this is terrible. Oh, my God. It. This is what the players go through all the time. Um, I couldn't sleep last night because I might have died. As a reminder, <laughs> I believe Ray Rice got four games Yeah, for the initial report that he yeah 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 physically assaulted his then i guess girlfriend, girlfriend. yeah fiance which thing no cuz they weren't even no, engaged no they got they got engaged right after that yeah and they got married yeah. right after that yeah uh but four games for assaulting your much smaller non-professional athlete girlfriend off the field yeah but they give you a, the rest of the season for assaulting a clad uh, a Shoulder padding. Yeah, well, he didn't have player. a helmet anymore, so that's sort of like. Eh, but you know, I mean, it, there was no way he was not going to be suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's just well, like it's sending a message. To yeah, I'm mean, not okay. I mean, there's six games left or five games left or something like that. Well, I, all I'm saying, they have to send a message. And I mean, Montez, like the playoffs too. Like, yeah. there's no it, he's suspended for the playoffs that the Browns were to make it. So Vontez Burvick is still in this, in the uh, <laughs> league, so they have to send a message like, he hey, was, hey. He was not okay. He was suspended for the rest of the season. This season? Yeah. For what? He uh, he did something else that Vontaze Burbank does. <laughs> and the NFL is just like, all right, fucking for real. You're done. <laughs> sit, sit down and come back in 2020. The, qu- the quarterback was walking off the field after a third down, and Burfitt came in for a helmet-to-helmet hit. And it's like, yeah, it was a little late, Vontaze. Man, I didn't hear the whistle. I hear the whistle. Like. Literally, Everybody was walking off the field. <laughs> literally, we? just kicked him in the nuts. Like, <laughs> like really? <laughs> how do you, how do you do? That? Uh, dirtiest player for football. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, but uh, speaking of walking on and off the field, uh, somebody took the field this week who has not taken the field in a long time. Now it wasn't a professional field; it was a high school field in Atlanta. Which, by the way, did you hear why? Right, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about Kaepernick. Uh, Colin Kaepernick had a workout this week. Uh, it was his first like workout. In three years. Yeah. Um, it was originally scheduled to be at the, uh, suit, not Superdome. Uh, the Falcons training facility. The Falcons yeah. training facility, yes. And the Al- the Falcons staff was going to be there to, like, do the video and stuff like that. Yeah. And they brought in Hugh Jackson and somebody else to, like, help, like, run the workout. Yep. And they had wide receivers there that were going to, like, catch balls and stuff like yes. that. Um, but this whole thing. And no media. No yeah. media was allowed. Closed close work. This whole thing was a humongous clusterfuck. Uh, immediately. So traditionally, if you were going to have a tryout of some sort of, con- or if you were like, uh, say you need a new kicker, you need, you needed to fi- find a new kicker and you were going to bring a whole bunch of people in for workouts. You do that on Tuesday. That's the usual day yeah. where teams do this sort of thing. Uh, instead they announce this on Tuesday and say that it's going to happen on Saturday, which is the day before the game. So, no head coaches or general managers are going to be able to get there. Um, apparently, once Kaepernick, Kaepernick shows up, they 
start talking about like how you have to sign this waiver and say that like you know like there was some questionable legal things that were going on with the waiver situation uh there was a whole lot of like you know the nfl saying like we held this tryout and kaepernick didn't show up and you know like he, he we gave him every opportunity to try and make the team again and yeah but, yeah uh it was just a lot and you know no media is going to be allowed oh yeah and then people? there was there was the the rumor that Nike was going to be filming it mm -hmm. and uh, Nike had to like put out a statement going like, no, absolutely not. We are not filming that. Like, and it just basically it was like, how secret can we make this? And also we're going to make how, you sign how, a bunch of stuff. How much can we make it look like we're giving you a chance without giving you a chance? Yeah. Like that's sort of like how it felt. So uh, from, the, from the periphery. So instead, Kaepernick called up uh, some wide receiver friends of his and went out to a high school in Atlanta and uh, did a workout there instead. And yeah. apparently looked freaking amazing well I, i've and given the 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 things i've heard from the uh, let, let's at least put it in this context he he found out on tuesday that he was gonna have to put on an exhibition for people on saturday yeah i imagine that if i woke up tomorrow and somebody was like hey a lot of baseball scouts are gonna watch you play baseball this saturday and think about whether or not they're gonna sign you i'd be like i am not in fucking baseball shit now, Kaepernick is in the position of being a professional athlete and the yeah. ability to. So wait, you think he got no, in shape in four days? No, but I'm saying like, out. I mean, like at least he's he he probably keeps up. He, he obviously he's staying in shape. Yes, he's staying. He's working out. He's doing things to to prepare himself to possibly play football. But, you know, like the idea of like, you know, you hear word in four days, you're going to have to put on like a account, you know, you're going to. It'd be like if you had a weightlifting competition and you just found out it's happening in four days. You're yeah. like, I don't have enough time to like get into the proper training to really show my best ability. But he looked he looked good. The ball yeah. the everything I hear is that the 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 power on his throws is still there. He throws uh very fast bullet passes mm -hmm. and that he was showing a lot of uh uh range on the deep ball and stuff mm -hmm. like that. The accuracy was a little bit here and there, but that could always be the rustiness. Kind of, but also kind of always been kind of here yeah. and there. So, you know. Uh he didn't run really during the whole workout, but like, you know, everyone was saying he was moving around just as well as he yep. was before and he was agile and stuff like that. So I mean it sounds uh, the the thing I was sort of hearing from scouts was like he's not a starter in the NFL right now. Like he's not of that level, but he's a very valuable backup quarterback Wait a second, to no. I'm going to I'm going to remind you that we earlier this episode we talked about a guy named Rudolph who is a starter in the oh, NFL yeah, yeah. right now. Oh, I know. I, I I the I guess the the what I meant by that was oh, that <laughs> turn off the alarms. Uh, my alarms are all off. Everything's off. It's totally silent. Uh. Oh, no. You're right. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um Got it. <laughs> the uh yeah, I mean, like, Mason, he's better than Mason Rudolph, but that follows under the logic that he wouldn't be more ideal for Pittsburgh than Roethlisberger if he was available. Like, I'm, I'm not factoring in no, current... He is not. He has no offer to play right now. Oh, I know, and but... there I'm, are, like, 14 backup quarterbacks in a starting position right now. Oh, I get you, but I'm saying, like, the... Uh, the what the What the scouts were trying to say was, if we were living in the world where every quarterback was healthy... Okay, yeah, yeah. And... You know, like he wouldn't have he wouldn't ha necessarily have a spot to start somewhere. He's not one of the 32 best quarterbacks kind of thing, mm -hmm. but he is probably that 32 to 50 conversation yeah. of quarterback. And that person is very valuable every single year. You, you don't. The reason why uh, Hoyer fucking played for 17 different teams 
is because he's always in demand because yep. he's a really good backup quarterback yep. who can handle the job in case something happens. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater now with his third team. Yeah. I filling mean, in as a starter. So. Right. And he used to be a starter. Yep. And once he wasn't able to hack it anymore, he became a backup quarterback. And I don't think that's, there's any anything wrong in mm-hmm. that. And I think that three years off is a long time for Kaepernick. And I think that he's going to have to, you know, like if he wants to be back, he's really going to have to like a take his ask down because the last I heard he was still asking for like NFL starter money, like 10 million, 10 million dollars a year kind of thing. Well, what does Teddy Bridgewater have? Not that much. No, he's making like nine million. Mm, I don't think he's quite up there. I think he I think he's like in the six, seven million dollar range, Okay, well, right, which is so. still a lot for a backup quarterback, yeah. but not like. How much is Joe Flacco's backup making? Because <laughs> he's earning his keep right now. <laughs> They're on rookie contracts. Oh, so. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's poor Joe with his $27 million cap hit that's really dragging that thing down. God, that Joe Flacco's a real pain in the neck. Ah, ah, I see how we can put him on our injuries. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, thank you, Denver. Thank you. Thank you for taking that off the cap for us. And yeah. Uh, anyway, um... So yeah, so uh, the the I think the bigger part of that story though is that uh, Jay Z apparently is the one who set this all up, <laughs> allegedly because he felt as though he took a hit by signing with the NFL and thought that he could somehow buoy his well, reputation. Apparently, once he once he got in with the NFL, he started uh, hearing from a lot of his friends about why aren't you why aren't you <laughs> why doing aren't you trying this? to do anything for Kaepernick? Yeah, and he brought that concern to Goodell who hastily made <laughs> well do something this weekend here's the thing uh i believe jay-z says in a song uh tell the nfl they need me i don't need you but uh he certainly did make a deal with the nfl so yeah. um and didn't get the halftime show that's gonna be j-lo this year so yeah, yeah. i don't know I, I just feel like um I feel like whatever impact Jay-Z may or may not have had, the reality is that this is the NFL who settled a lawsuit with Cap, and then this season has been more evidence that perhaps he is getting blackballed because why would you start well, Mason Rudolph and not go give Kaepernick a contract? Again, uh, uh, this, this seems to get forgotten a lot. Uh, when... The Ravens were this close to signing Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend tweeted out, the scene from Django Unchained with the slave master and the house slave Mm -hmm. uh, and said that it was the Leo and Sam Jackson and Django and said that it was uh, Ray Lewis and Steve Bishotti. Yeah. That's a reason why you wouldn't get a job despite all the things that are sort of like hovering around your name. Mm -hmm. The problem with a lot of the NFL teams uh, is that he could be very valuable to your friend, you know, like if he was a uh, backup in Kansas city, he would be very valuable yeah. to have like behind Mahomes kind of sure. thing, but you're going to have to convince everyone in Kansas city. 50% of Kansas city is going to start hating you the second you sign him. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to convince them all to, to <laughs> not like make this a big, huge fucking deal. It brings a lot of pressure to the team for somebody who probably won't play that much. It'll be a constant source of conversation. You know, you're just basically making the argument that Kaepernick made. Because the only reason he's controversial is because they made his kneeling controversial. The league tried to make a rule change that would stop people from kneeling. 
Well, yeah. I mean, they they did not handle this well, mm, but I'm yeah. saying that uh, no, and uh, I w- don't don't get it twisted. I think that the NFL is the problem here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the NFL is the reason why Kaepernick isn't playing right now. But in addition to that, in addition to the NFL like sort of st- keeping him from being able to continue playing football, there is the problem of even if you have a uh, a team that would accept him. As far as like you know, like you're in a uh, Seattle, for instance, was always sort of like thought of as a place where he might go. Yeah, because it's more of like a progressive, left leaning city, so they'd probably be more okay with uh, like, oh, like Washington D.C. Well, rather than bringing him into like you know Kansas City, like I said, where mm-hmm. it would be a lot more, Dallas. they're more likely to have like a Trump supporter as a fan if you're the Dallas Cowboys and if yeah. you're the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like it, it's just like. I don't know. No matter where he signs, like Trump's kind of on the getting on the mic the next day and being like, you know, the Seahawks are the worst thing that ever happened to the NFL, and I'm thinking about sending them to Canada. He's got I'm his just own gonna sell Seattle to, to Vancouver. About. Like he's got his own problems he needs to worry about. But, but before we get to his problems, yeah, let's talk about the Astros' yes. problems. Uh, so this happened last week. I do believe, and, we, and Corey couldn't find it when he was reviewing, but I thought that we touched on it and just said, don't want to hot take this. Let's uh, yeah. give it a week. So what has developed in the last week on this Astros story? <laughs> so uh, the the Astros, uh, there was a video that came out of them basically tipping off off-speed pitches before they came in. Uh, and in the, the week here since the story broke, there's been a whole lot of things that have come out. Um, number one, there was a documentary talking about the Astros winning the World Series that uh, show had a camera like stationed in the hallway where the Astros like walk off out of the dugout and like back towards the locker room, and it's clear like the camera was just set there. Yeah, and there's like a, just a table with a bat and a <laughs> trash can right there, hmm. and a little like a surface or something like that, hmm. and like a whole bunch of peanuts on the ground, like somebody's been sitting there eating peanuts. Hmm. And it looks an awful lot like that might be <laughs> what they've been using to uh, alert players on the field that uh, off-speed pitches were coming. Weird. Um, <laughs> Strange that you'd be taken down by your yeah. own. And later there was video. another part of that video where <laughs> you see the guy like picking up the laptop and leaving and stuff like that. So it seems like a, tr- a temporary station of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Something that you might not want people to see when they come through the dugout. Right. Later. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's that. In addition, there, there was another athletic report that had uh, like an unnamed executive was emailing people saying, uh, we're looking for all, all different angles on how to cheat. Uh, (laughs) isn't that a great look? They didn't name the executive, which is kind of like making me worry that like a week from now, we're going to hear that like Mike Elias was behind like a lot of this Ah. and it's really put the Orioles fans in a bind. Then they go um, to the Orioles video and they see, is that a trash can? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they put uh, Chris Davis on the trash can. <laughs> he couldn't even make contact with it the entire death of the season. He couldn't he recognize what was an off-seat pitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it, there was just like a constant drum beat all season. Yeah, Chris thought everything was off-seat. He's just banging the drum every time. Uh, I, I, the, this is crazy, though. I, I really... It, it feels like, you, you know, when you're in trouble, the worst is like uh, uh, when the statement that comes out immediately after the the scandal breaks yeah. is yeah. we're going to work with the league office. Oh, <laughs> like usually if there's like a bullshit story about you, you write 
the Astros have never cheated. We have we've always found the integrity of the game the most important thing, and blah blah blah. And, yeah, you know, like we're we're gonna vehemently fight any allegations that we've done anything to the mm-hmm. contrary. To the like that's what it sounds like when you're like I didn't do anything and I'm denying it. When you put out a statement going like. Uh, we'd rather not comment, and we're going to work with the league. Yeah, work with the league is the equivalent of, show me the rule. Show me the rule that says we couldn't bang on a trash can because we have a video camera in the dugout. It's <laughs> specifically, no videos in the dugout. But as you can see on our World Series video, it's in the hallway leading to the dugout, which is technically not part of the dugout space. So It's like if you're sitting in the police interrogation room and... The, the detective comes down and sits down and he's just like, so do you have anything you want to say? And it's like, I think you should just bring in the district attorney right now for the plea bargain talk. It's just like, okay. okay. <laughs> you've, you've done something. I know yes. this. Like, P.S. Uh, <laughs> this is my constant plan. Uh, they let you like camp out for eight or nine hours, right? Yeah. Then I let them get me in the box. Let them think they're getting me warmed up for an hour or two. And then you say, you know what? <sighs> I think we can do this. I need you, to get, but I'm not, I'm not going to make a deal with you. I need you to get somebody from the district, the state attorney's office down here, and then I'll make a statement. And then I let him go through the whole rigmarole of like three or four hours of getting the state's attorney in and being like, yeah. all right, I need a recorder in here. I need somebody who's like taking notes and doing the whole thing. And then finally, when everything's set up, that's when I lean across the table and I'll be like, well, here's the story. It started two years ago, blah, blah, blah. And then I get to right to the end of it. And then I'm like, and that's when the affair started. With Detective McGillicuddy's wife. And uh, she just, she couldn't let it go. And this other guy jumps across the table at me. And now there's like the state's attorney. And then and I'm like, eh, by my calculations, we're at about 20 hours. So you boys got four to charge me or I'm out of here. And uh, then they let you go. Remind- and or I come out with a huge fucking black guy. And they're like, he fell on his way back to this cell. Like, yeah. It's weird. We hit the button to record on the camera, but it didn't record. <laughs> I just think it'd be super funny funny. how technology doesn't work like that sometimes. It'd be super funny to have like a 20 minute long confession where nothing gets said. And then at the end, you just see the guy look up and be like, and that's when I started fucking the detective's wife. And you just see him come across the table. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're sitting in federal court like, well, as you can see, your honor, this is uh, approximately where I thought my civil rights started getting violated. Uh, And you can see the pictures from afterwards. Remind remind me when we're not on the podcast to tell you about uh, Rachel's uh, run-in with the cops here recently. Oh, very interesting. All All right. right. All right. Corey had a run-in with the cops, too. Oh, my God. Did you ever do anything about that? Well, they have to send me the ticket. They they mail you the ticket separately and stuff like that. So I don't know how much that... I got got pulled over for making a right-hand turn on a street that you can't make a right-hand turn on from... 4 to 7 p.m. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. That's like the and it's like the weirdest fucking thing. Like and they got you at like 6:55. It was a little it was like 6:30, but I mean like still it was like right. towards the end of the hour. It, the problem was I wasn't I wasn't like paying attention to the sign like cuz it's one of those like if you see a sign that only applies like 3 hours a day on like a road you never travel like it just becomes it like, won't be this time. It just becomes camouflage after a while. Yeah, you know, like you never think about it. Yep. And then when Google Maps tells you to turn down the street, you're just like, like right. well, I'd argue. Yep. That's it. Thanks, Google. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I, I, I still like, uh, you know, have the fantasy that like I'm gonna like look into how this street got that that uh law or like, mm-hmm. that exception put on it. And then I'm going to like figure out that like it's part of some dark money that Garcetti has set up. And it's like I bring down the whole city government on this stupid right hand. The cop was sitting there waiting to write tickets for people making <laughs> right hand turns. So 
And he made us late for a movie. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. This Any- man's got reviews to do. He can't be missing <laughs> the beginning of movies. Uh, anyway, uh, all that I in. I had to take Rob's word for the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I made it up. It's fine. So don't <laughs> watch Gordon's Parasite. I yeah. thought it was weird that Parasite started with the whole strip club scene at the beginning. I didn't see how it tied into the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, clearly, the uh, director just had an interesting opinion. Anyway, uh, that's sports ball. <laughs> All right, so now we really have to lightning around the rest of these because we are at uh, 40 minutes already. I knew it was going to be a sports ball heavy show. There yeah, was a yeah, lot, lot going time. on here. So uh, I'm going to call this segment, we've been known, <laughs> or actually maybe I've been known, because report came out today, Pete Buttigieg, number one in Iowa, Yeah, with a 15-point lead. In the Des Moines over- Register poll. Yes. So what was funny is a uh, little insider baseball for people who don't who don't follow Iowa. Um, there was a there was a very reliable poll. There, there's like two very reliable polls in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, but the Des Moines Register one is like the gold standard of polling yes. across the entire country. Yep. They only do like I think it's like a quarterly poll essentially. Yeah, and that's why because they don't try to get. There's only leave. like six of them or something like yeah. that. So it it uh. When it comes out, it's like a big thing. And because they're so accurate, uh, traditionally, historically, yeah, uh, people pay a lot of attention to it. So mm-hmm. the second most accredited poll in Iowa came out like earlier this week. Yeah. And it had Pete Buttigieg in, in the lead. And people were like, and people I were don't like, know. Wait a second. And now if Des Moines, Iowa comes or Des Moines Register comes through with the with the real numbers yeah. and Pete's up front there, then we can believe it. Yep. And then it dropped and Pete's up front. And 15 points over Biden, 10 points over his nearest competitor, yeah. 18 points over Sanders. And I have been saying that name since, I think, December of last year yeah. when it was rumored that he was going to get in this race. And I said, you know what? There's some folks in here. Look at me. There's been some folks in middle America who are going to look at this veteran who left his office to go to Afghanistan, did two tours in Afghanistan, one tour in Iraq, come home and then say, you know what? Yeah, I'm a conservative Democrat, but I make sense. I want to be fiscally conservative, but I also am socially liberal. Why? Because I'm a gay man. And I said there, I think we're going to get to the point where they're going to say, you know what? I'd rather have a veteran and I don't care that he's gay rather than I don't want a gay even though he was a veteran. I mean, and I, Illinois is, or not Illinois, Iowa is starting to prove that. I think, I think we have a, if everything lines up the way that the polls are sort of showing right now, we are going to have very interesting lead up to super Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, because uh, so here's how it works this year or this, this time around, uh, California moved way the fuck up yes. to the first super Tuesday. Tired of being in the back of the, of the pack. Yeah. Uh, and that is more or less the ball game. It yeah. seems at this point. Well, because New York I mean, like, and New York and uh, California are yeah. both in the first Super Tuesday. But so. California is like with the mail-in voting. I think it starts like tomorrow. Yeah. Like it's it. The first people, are, uh, California has already been voting when Iowa starts. Like there will be mailed-in ballots yeah. by the time Iowa starts. Now we won't have a count. We won't, we won't have a count. Are, yeah. But 
And because there's so many mail-in ballots and you can send it the day of the election. Yeah. There's going to be that like, well, we got to wait a week and a half until we have the actual results. Unless Pete is up by, you know, <laughs> or unless, four million votes. Unless Hillary is up by like, I don't know, 10 or 20,000 votes in Los Angeles. And it's just like, oh, let's just uh, let's need to call it now. Right? We'll just leave all these all these votes by mail in by the, the way, boxes. Still sitting in a warehouse somewhere <laughs> uncounted. So I guess we'll yeah. never know. But. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, your original point was that there will be three different winners, most likely, going into if, Super Tuesday. If it lines up that way. Yeah. I mean, it would look like Pete would win Iowa, mm-hmm. Bernie would win New Hampshire, uh, Joe would win m- probably South Carolina, and maybe Nevada. Nevada seems like it might be more of a wild card. Yeah, yeah. But also but, I mean, like, not a big state for Democrats in any event. Yeah, Nevada's I mean, not going to be one of those states. It, it, I think what the hope of some people is is that uh, Nevada would maybe be a chance for you to win and get a little bit of a luster on you prior to Super Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, it's sort of all over the place as far as like who's who's. It's a hard state to like poll. Well, I mean, again, if you're if you're Kamala Harris, you got to look at that and say, if I lose Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. And I don't do well anywhere. I got to do well in Nevada or I got to drop by Super Tuesday. Yeah. Because I don't want to have my name on Super Tuesday and win something when it's really just distracting everyone from who yeah. the actual candidate's going to be. And Beto, I mean, like, one if, of the reasons if you Beto feel like you're not, it, I mean, uh, th- the argument for Harris would be that if she can win California, yeah. then she could, she could do a lot of damage. Uh, and seeing as she's a senator from California, there's a, a good chance that she could win it. But I just don't imagine, like, you know, like, if there was a Senate race where it was Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg who could run. I, I, I just don't imagine I would pick Harris. Like, I don't yeah. think that her California advantage is really anything. Like, and, and by the way, I mean, in the end, uh, a lot has come out in the presidential run. And she ran for Senate kind of as like, hey, look, at I like I've done a lot of good work for the community. But we've learned through the presidential campaign that, like, oh, you basically spent 10 years locking up people and well, being part of the problem. Uh, uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the day that it's released, because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Uh, then we have a Democratic debate tomorrow on Wednesday. Yes. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see if Pete gets some extra shots there. And uh, this really is probably one of the last opportunities for a lot of these candidates to really have some sort of statement. So if you're like trailing behind a bit, if you're like a Cory Booker or something like that, mm-hmm. you got to make some sort of statement victory. Like this now is the time because a money is running out for a lot of these people, yep. um, and the availability to make more money is running out for a lot of these people, and it's just going to be like it. it if we have the first three states pretty much decided already, then those are our three most popular people to go forward into yeah. the horse race of who might win, and that's all that's going to be. T- I mean, like the reason why I was so important is because you get a, co- a week and a half or two weeks or something like that of like only talking about Iowa. Yep. And that's that's a lot of advantage to to have up front. Um, and if you finish seventh in Iowa, it's hard to make an argument for why you would win all these other states, but you would do so poorly in in Iowa, which is like and a nice like melting pot. Two weeks later, when you do poorly in New Hampshire, middle America state, you know, yeah, when you do poorly in New Hampshire and South Carolina, <laughs> you can basically say here's a middling state, like a nice mixed state, a very northeastern Democratic state, and a Southern Republican state, and I can't do well in any of those environments. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but 
vote for me on Super Tuesday because I can do very well everywhere else in the country. The Bloomberg approach. Well, yeah. So uh, I think that two that uh, the, those two races, well, maybe with Nevada as well, will also show us uh, who's in it for themselves and who's in it for making the party better. Yeah. Because, I, and as much as I appreciate that Ted Cruz stayed in because eventually everyone else dropped out and Cruz was like the only voice against Trump uh, when that happened. He stayed in at Super Tuesday because he because Cruz wanted to be president. Had nothing to do with him doing well at any point. Well, he that. won Iowa. And so he, he won Iowa, but then did so poorly compared in the next couple of yeah, states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, by the way, he lost, almost lost his own state. And at that point, you got to be like, all and right, got, you know what? Got fucking crushed in uh, uh, New Hampshire, too, if I yeah. remember correctly. Like, he won Iowa, and everyone's just like, oh, do you think... Ooh. Do you think that Ted Cruz might be able to win this all? And then no. all of a sudden, like, place like fifth in, in New Hampshire or whatever. Yeah, and I think it was he dropped like fourth in South Carolina, fifth in New Hampshire, and it's just like, okay, so maybe not. And then <laughs> it went to Texas. Texas is on the first Super Tuesday. And then as he well, just managed so. to survive long enough to stay in the top three, essentially. Well, like, when it he was. He had the Senate war chest that yeah. he could turn into his presidential war chest. So, unlike some of these guys who are in their first term as senators or maybe like didn't raise the money because. You're in a democratic state that's very yeah, strong. It's, it's funny how money that comes into a candidate can be for whatever they decide to run for, not just yep. like I'm giving you money to run for Senate and then you turn it into some sort of presidential war chest. Yeah. When I think that uh, I mean, of, a lot of dark money does that, too, which is which is more the point. But like when the there's things, nothing uh, you can really do about that, because if you're donating for to Ted Cruz for America. Or like Freedom USA Super PAC or whatever it is, like they'll spend it how they want. Yeah, they'll spend yeah. it however they want. So, but I do think that Beto, one of his reasons, was Ted that Cruz's cousin will spend that money how he feels. <laughs> one of Beto's reasons for not running for Senate was that basically, even though he had money left over, that people had donated it for him to run for president, and he didn't know that they would want him to run for Senate. And I just want to grab him and scream like. Guaranteed, people would want you yeah. to di- get that Senate seat. That they'd they be fine care. with it. They'd yes. be okay. <laughs> but instead, he uh, donated it to. Uh, you can donate it to charities as well. I think he donated it to a charity. No. Okay. Or maybe his own reelection campaign for the House in two <laughs> Well, years. he's not. He's, he's a former congressman. He's I know, not. but I think he's gonna, he's probably going to run it. He'll run again for something. He I'm sure. Be the yeah. Senate this year, yeah. and he's going to have to wait four years to run for the Senate if against Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, Budajit is doing well. Uh, I called it two years ago. I'm hoping for a good Super Tuesday showing and uh, eliminate some of this pack. And, you know, <laughs> I think I said it even a few weeks ago, like, hang on. I know he's not looking great now. He was running like seventh. And I was mm. like, just wait. Just wait till we get to some of these states. And he apparently finally put boots on the ground in Iowa and in two weeks went from seventh to first in Iowa. And you said he's got a really good campaign behind him. Yep. He's got strong supporters. And I think he is the guy when people are like, I'm a Republican, but I'm not voting for Trump. Who can I vote for? Eh, here's a veteran. He's gay, Democrat, but he likes fiscal conservancy. I like he's that. He's very moderate. Very, very moderate in ways that make sense. Yeah. Now, I say that because I think that, that he is the best chance to bump off Trump as a very left-leaning person, someone who posted, as me, someone who posted today on Twitter, that Bernie and AOC do not go far enough <laughs> to push the party to the left. Oh, my Understanding God. Understanding <laughs> that, I'm just saying the whole point of moving the country to the left is to get rid of the right. Yeah. And to do that, we really have to bump Trump off. And Bernie ain't going to do it. 
and AOC ain't going to do it. And Warren, God love her. Oh my God, the the health insurance plan, the uh, student loan plan. I love everything that Elizabeth <laughs> Warren is saying, but I am rational enough to know she's not going to get rid of Trump because all she's going to do is anger Trump. If well, and you, I think we talked about this. Like the 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 battleground state polls are yeah. not looking good for anyone who's on the top there. It's all within the margin of error. Yep. And I mean, like, really, at this point, we're just hoping that, like, really a bunch of Trump voters die. Like, I mean, that's more or less. But here's the thing. I don't know that they're asking the right questions that that Pete Buttigieg is in the discussion. No. And, and I, I if think he wins Iowa. He becomes a national figure. You see, here's the thing. There's uh, the way I'm looking at the Democratic primary right now is who would I potentially vote for and who wouldn't I? Yeah. Now, when the idea is, you know, it. If Cory Booker won the nomination, which doesn't look likely, I would vote for him over over Trump. I wouldn't be happy about it. He wouldn't be at the top of my list, but I would vote for him. But I wouldn't vote for him for the Democrat. You know, like when I vote in the primary, I'm not going to vote for Cory yeah. Booker. You know, like uh, it, it just depends on who's running at the time that I'm voting. Also, uh, just so that's clear, I will not be voting this year yet again, abstaining unless someone is going to put. Uh, giant meteor on uh, the <laughs> ballot, uh, unless that's a possibility. Uh, and absent giant meteor, I might vote for guillotines twenty twenty. That's the only right way in, that I'm right in guillotines. Well, and I I don't even want to go into the ballot box because I don't want to participate in the game. We count that as democratic votes. <laughs> guillotines. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's a communist party USA. I like I like the uh 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 that, that was just a a remix of the Thirty Rock. Uh, well, when I go in the ballot box, I just write Jesus on the ballot. Those are Republicans. We vote. We, we <laughs> got that as Republican, Republican vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so we'll keep tracking that again. Uh, I think we're like what six weeks out from Iowa. No, six. Yeah, six weeks out from Iowa. It's mid January. So yeah. Uh, so maybe eight weeks. Eight weeks out from January from uh, Iowa, and then New God, Hampshire it's actually is, coming up. Yeah, New Hampshire <laughs> is uh, first week in February. Yeah, and then it all really starts because I think March the fifth. Is Super Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll go. It's Iowa, early March. Yeah. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, and then Super Tuesday. Yeah. And South Carolina and Nevada happen, I think, back to back weeks. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So. So here we go. Yep. It's decision 2020. <laughs> ba, 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 boo. Got to come up with some better than that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so another story this week that I want to make sure we get to uh, is that the Trump, not satisfied with ruining the country as much as he has thus far, has now decided to wade into the movie industry yeah. and you may disagree with me, but I don't think that this, uh, so, and, uh, the, the sec. No, who is it that's doing this? It's an administration. One of the administration. I don't remember. Offhand. Damn it. Yeah. Whoever it is, uh, is saying that they, are, I think it's with the justice department. It could be justice. Yeah. yeah it's a consent decree with the justice right. department. Uh, is saying that they are about to roll back the consent decrees that were entered into pursuant to us v paramount, which, a uh, quick reminder for everybody is the decision that basically told uh, studios you can't have a monopoly on everything. You can't make the movies and showcase the movies in your own theaters. And absent that, you also can't force a different theater to buy a big block of yeah. your Yeah, I mean, essentially what was happening was uh, all the theaters, all the studios owned theaters. And, you know, like you would see Disney movies at the El Capitan kind of thing. You know? Actually... Disney not party to that consent decree. Well, they are, but now they are. No, they always were. Mm, no, they, they were not considered one of the major theaters then. 
I'm telling you, I read the case. Okay. In 34, they were not considered it, which is why, by the it way. It was 48. 48. In 48, yeah. they weren't considered it. And that's why they got to keep El Capitan. Because they own the theater, and then they joined and actually bought an entire. Uh, I I think I think there was a thing in the the original judgment though that you were allowed to own like single sort of spots. Histori- you just yes. weren't allowed to own a because I mean like there was like a Paramount theater in Times Square. Yeah, and Paramount would have hypothetically been able to keep that theater. Yes. Uh, but they just wouldn't have been able to own like a chain. Like, so what happened is that Disney got big enough that they bought a small, like a small chain of theaters. And then the justice department was like, Oh, Hey, this applies to you now. So either we're going to sue you or you can agree to join and divest yourself. And then they did, but they kept El Capitan. I mean, basically what, what it did, it was it completely there. I, when I tweeted about it earlier, there, there's only been a couple times in movies where there's sort of been like one specific incident that became like a paradigm shift for the industry. And the first one was, uh, sound when sound got into movies, like everything changed from that point on. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and all the stars that used to be fell off considerably and the, it became like an entirely new industry almost overnight. By the way, do you know that light is how they record sound on motion pictures? Are you talking about optical? Yes. Optical yeah. sound. Yeah. Somebody. So there is a, for, a Netflix. For, for writing the or for transferring. For transferring. Yes. Yeah. So originally, though, when they recorded it live, that's how they recorded it. There was actually a bulb that was like flashing onto the. Uh, side yeah to the mag if if there is a netflix series that's just like hey uh it's the the high-end version of rob explains everything (laughs) (laughs) the thing you never knew that seems really interesting check this out and i was watching and i'm like is it explained is that the one you were explained yeah yeah and they talk about uh maybe actually it wasn't explained maybe oh no this was a buzzfeed series oh god because that's what i was thinking it was like oh this is rob explains everything and then i watched it i'm like wow this is really good production value this is not rob explains everything (laughs) at all uh but uh and they were talking about how it they use light to yeah yeah, flash it on for optical sound which is how they started matching up uh the mouse with everything that was uh being said yeah and the first bulb they used too dull so it made everything like, and then they got like the brightest bulb that they could that had the fastest slash rate. Success for sound. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, but <laughs> any <Sound> movies, <laughs> Paramount moment. Uh, the next moment was USV Paramount because it changed how the movie business could operate because they weren't allowed to own every part of the production chain anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Followed many years later by the Friends decision. Well, that one wasn't like a paradigm shift, but. <laughs> It was different. That one, that one, uh, that one was uh, weird to explain. Yes, like that. That that's a like yes. Uh, uh, saying awful things about actors in the the room is part of the creative process. Mm-hmm. Like it has been decided. Yeah. This <laughs> is a really horrible, a horrible line of questioning. Why would we want to put this in our show? Eh, Schwimmer's terrible. Let <laughs> let Schwimmer do it. Like, okay, we'll just write this in for Schwimmer. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, uh, so they're they're discussing dropping basically the decision of that came from USV Paramount, yeah. arguing that the movie industry is different than it was before. Right. But I argue that uh, this might be more evidence that we need it more now than ever because every single one of these streaming services is built off of the property that we own and are able to get the rights back for. I mean, like. You know, the the idea of, you know, Warner Brothers owns was the studio who made all these 
like the office and stuff like that. Yeah. And now Warner Brothers is owned by AT&T, which has HBO Max. So we get the office coming back to the Warner Brothers owned thing. Yeah. So it's Warner Brothers company owning a Warner Brothers uh, distributed product Mm -hmm. on a Warner Brothers streaming network. We're basically doing the same exact thing, only in a different way. But they're arguing that because now it's all digital, it's not quite the same thing. Right. And now as a consumer, you're going to have to buy 15 different (laughs) things because there's no like real free market of the ability to find this show like this is in effect and you are already seeing like disney plus and that kind of stuff and essentially what we would prefer to see is that someone come in and say hey uh this consent decree we have about theaters is actually should apply to the digital space and you can't have disney plus where you only show disney movies and you force um the consumer to buy just that yeah that you have to bundle this with something else or else it's a monopoly um and instead, we're going the other direction, which, by the way, should not surprise you about the Trump administration because they're also the ones who said, hey, racism? What racism? We live in a post-racist society, so we don't need the Voting Rights Act anymore. Yeah. And they wound down the Voting Rights Act. So, I, I, uh, There is an argument, I guess, you could make if you drop USV Paramount uh, that there are things for the consumer that they would enjoy. I mean, like, I feel like in time... Uh, I, I can't really put like a fine year on it, like mm-hmm. whether it be a decade or whether it be longer than that or something like that. But eventually I imagine Netflix, they bought the Egyptian yep. in Hollywood. So I imagine they have theaters all over the country that sort of act as if you want to watch Netflix with people, you, go. you have a membership, yep. which allows you entrance into the Egyptian theater. You have like purchased a ticket, yep. like a free ticket with your membership to Netflix comes to the Egyptian for this eight o'clock show into the Irishman mm-hmm. and you can watch it with a group of people and you don't even have to worry about the, and if it's a membership club and it's not like you're buying tickets, then I mean, look. and look, ideally if everything worked best for the consumer and we can all agree, capitalism does not work that way. This would actually be really good because if I could go see star Wars at AMC and I paid $18 mm-hmm. or I could go to the Disney theater and see it for 12 bucks because basically what they're saying is we don't have to take out the overhead of AMC. And I mean, like the, the, they're doing this with net neutrality right now where yeah. all the telecom companies are trying to front load all the things that the consumers would like about net neutrality yeah. being overturned. So it makes it seem like it's a really great deal for everybody. And then after you get comfortable with it, 10 years from now, it starts getting really terrible. Yeah. So then like, uh, 10 years from now, Corey's got a kid who wants to see the newest Disney movie and he's got to go to the Disney theater where it's $25 for children only. <laughs> and then for an adult, it's like, ah, oh, throw another 10 on top. But they know they got you because if you want to see Beauty and the Beast 7, you have to go to the Disney <laughs> theater. And, and oh, uh, you want a child's popcorn? Oh, that's going to be another 17 bucks, my friend. Yeah. But because you have a screaming kid who's saying, I want to see... There, she's sitting at home watching her Disney Plus. She watches Beauty and the Beast I don't want popcorn. Six. All right. That popcorn will be 75 cents. I want popcorn. $75. All right. Well, yeah. But I mean, it's... it's They, they have the ability to control the thing. It's demand pricing. You... They... They dump all the advertising onto Disney Plus and your kids watching Disney Plus, watching Beauty and the Beast one through six, and then <laughs> says, well, seven's coming out in the theater, but the only place you can see it is at a Disney theater. And then you go there and you realize like it's $40 for a ticket because yeah. the only place you can see it is at the Disney theater. And they know Corey is a sucker and he's got this cute and, little girl screaming in his ear to go see it. And if they, 
if some other theater wants to pay the rights to get oh, it, well, yeah. they're also going to have to pay for every other movie that Disney releases, whether or not they're good or not. And which then, is really what the problem was, is that like these these independent theaters, which were running outside of the studio system, were you know saying like, okay, I want this, you know, I want the new Beauty and the Beast for yeah. my theater. It's like, wow. I mean, we're, if you want to just buy that one, it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if you want to buy our entire catalog, then you can sort of like spread that money over a lot of different. But all of those are stinkers. But you have to show every single one of those yeah. movies. In Half of them are stinkers. Yeah. No one's going to come see it. And then it ends up that the independent theater charges 40 bucks as well because they have to make up the money that they're going to lose right. on all of these screens that are going to sit empty. And by the way, Disney does that so that at Disney theaters, they can put Beauty and the Beast 7 on all 14 screens. But to go to the independent theater, you're going to have to have one screen plus a bunch of other screens with all the bullshit they make you buy. This this uh, I wasn't expecting that this was going to become news today, but uh, it's uh, very interesting. And I I would keep an eye out over the next couple of days and sort of see where where people lie on it. Yeah. uh, As as it reports a little bit more. Uh, get a uh, Kim Masters on it. <laughs> yes, Kim. Let's hear it, Kim. Uh, all right, so moving on, because we have a lot more, uh, a couple more things to get to and not a lot of time. Um, Trump. So yeah. a little bit of Trump news this week. Let's just super lightning around this yes. one. Uh, so Trump made a, an unexpected visit to Walter Reed. For those of you who don't know, Walter Reed is a, a military medical hospital, but it's where the president goes for medical care when he's in D.C. Mm. And uh, I think you put it aptly in the pre-show discussion when you said... Nothing's wrong with him. He's just going there to set up so that he could claim to have a medical problem down the road. I mean, you know, if uh, I'm sure you didn't do this, but there's there's other less reputable lawyers who used to uh, send their clients after a car accident to the special place to get the. I didn't do med mal and I didn't do car accidents specifically because it gets you in this gray area where you're like, listen, I don't want to go see my doctor, Dr. Juan. And then all of a sudden, it's all that Dr. Wan. He'll do all the free out. x-rays for you. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a thing where... It's all free. And, yeah. so, and, and you don't pay unless you collect. Right. But I'm going to keep 90% of the award because I got to pay Dr. Wan and I got to pay your orthopedic guy. And I got to pay... Every, no, I don't, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I think it's logical to say someone in his staff was saying, Mr. President, we have, we have to exercise all options. Here's one. We need to have the availability of an out. Yes. Yeah. And much so, like again, much like in a court case, if uh, there's any chance that maybe some psychiatrist might say that you're crazy, bring him in. Yeah, just go. Bring him in. Just go talk to them yep. and see what they say because uh, <laughs> maybe we can get an insanity plea out of this whole thing. And <laughs> you know, that might be a good plea for the president to take. I don't know. I can't really say, but uh, I think that there is a there's. A I didn't know what I was doing because I was insane. Yes. Like everything I was doing was because I have a, a, a undiagnosed medical issue. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there, so that's one. I don't think that's what they were doing, but I do think that like a heart thing or, you know, like, uh, right. Uh, wait, dementia got, or like, yeah, he's got some kind of brain thing onset or Alzheimer's or something like that. His enzymes are off, which could predict cancer. And he's got to just get out of the white house and focus on whatever this yeah, is. He, he can't be doing the white house and his treatment at the yeah. same time. And it's not fair to the American people. So I will respectfully, uh, resign and pencil pardon me for everything well and that the bigger part yeah. is that he steps out of office and much like nixon and ford uh the minute he's gone pence pardons him for anything that might have occurred between 
2016 and 2019 or 2020, I guess probably at yeah. this point. And then he gets to walk scot free on everything. And then maybe Pence goes down for it because apparently, uh, the next topic, <laughs> the impeachment testimony is really interesting and it's indicating that maybe everyone in the White House is corrupt as shit and uh, they all knew about what's going on. Yeah. So, um, I would like I would like everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice just to just to do something for me. Just uh, at some point during the course of this next week, you're going to want to turn on some news coverage. Yeah. To see what's happening with the impeachment. Feel free to watch whatever network you prefer as much as you as you feel like you need to. Fox News. If that's the the one you listen to, then by all means, watch watch your normal regimen to Fox News. But. Break off a little bit of that time to see how it's being reported elsewhere, because unlike any news story ever in the history of the world, it it is more clearly being reported differently on different networks, depending on who you who you watch and who you listen to is giving you a different take on this story. And, you know, I'm not saying that's like bad, per se, because like people are going to want to hear the news from the slant that they. Yeah. People but are more, like, that statement should never enter any public parlance. Me, you should me not watch the news. For Rob, your Rob and I are very different than most most normal people. If somebody walks up to Rob and says like capitalism is amazing, you're going to be engaged with that because you want to argue with that person. Well, I just want to argue you with wanna, everybody. All you want to you want to be able to to win the argument and make your point. You know, like, is there a job? You know, where somebody just, walks up and is just like, I really like guillotines. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Hey, <laughs> uh, is there a job where you just argue with somebody like all the day, uh, all day, every day? Because I feel like that would be the perfect job for me. Is there that job exists? Well, I mean, you could run for Congress. I guess I could. Oh wait, or lawyer. Yeah, yeah, no, never mind. Never mind. Not a not a fan of that job in particular. So tried that one. Tried it. Hard pass. Paid a lot. Not worth it. Uh, yeah, it, I just I, I don't know. Like it's uh, just tune into Fox News for like twenty. If you're a CNN person, tune into Fox News for twenty minutes and see how it's being reported yep. because it'll which hunt it'll fucking blow your mind. Which like, hunt from Fox yeah. News? Um, Heroes of the Republic from the from CNN. And then MSNBC is given a lot of like, what are they missing? There's a lot of stuff they're not asking. Yeah. And you're like, okay, wait, what now? What? Well, it's like, you know, like when, when, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, I like Bill Simmons for his sports stuff. Right. Uh, and he's a very diehard Patriots fan. Yes. And it's funny whenever like it, it's, he's it's an funny. AB fan too, isn't he? Isn't he a huge fan of Antonio? Well, I mean, he was happy that he got signed and then immediately. <laughs> Just like uh, didn't talk about it anymore. It just like disappeared off the map. Weird. Strange uh, that <laughs> an emergency podcast with Asani didn't have an emergency podcast for the exit. Hmm. <laughs> um, but hmm. The, the, the what's interesting to me is that like whatever, like when the Ravens beat the Patriots, I was like, I can't wait to hear what Bill has to say yeah. about this because like he has a tie to this. But then and you know, his opinion on it is very slanted because of his fandom. And listen, this is the same that sort of boy thing might be like, real fast, but it's not like he could stand in the pocket. Is it, Bill, did you say boy? Did you say boy? <laughs> you know what I mean. He's much younger than me, and uh, I he's just twenty-two prefer- years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. In many I- cultures, you're still considered a boy at this time. Yeah, especially like upper class white culture <laughs> in the United States. You're still a child. It's fine. In Hartford, Connecticut, you're a boy until you're 37 years old. Baltimore, Maryland, 13. You're a man. So step up and do your time. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. That, yeah. that you're looking, look for the slant. But the, I think the th- the important thing is when you turn to Fox News, 
see the slant that they're giving. Yeah. And then realize CNN is feeding the exact, well, a different, but same slant. Yeah. And you just don't see it because it's slanting exactly how you want it to slant. Right. How about this? Try BBC. The, try the World Wall the Street best, Journal. I mean, the best way to ever get any kind of news is to watch like the the actual thing live and in person and make your own decisions. Oh yeah, well that's true. I mean, like if you could, if you wanted to be a very <laughs> Listen, not all of us get to you sit at to be home a very, all day. A, if you want to be a very informed American, you would watch all eight hours of the coverage every day. Not some <laughs> of us have to work for a living, Corey. We can't just get to sit at home and watch C-SPAN. Well, all what's day. more important, your job or America? I mean. <laughs> It's possible that neither of those things are going to exist in five years, so I don't know. It's a crapshoot, I guess. I got to look out for me. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, you mentioned Baltimore. Yes. Uh, Do you mind if we take a quick stroll down to the Baltimore corner? Yes. Uh, We'll head down to the Baltimore corner where you get the straight dope. Yes, indeed. There we go. Yeah. Um, So a couple things uh, just before we get out. I, I want to start with the uh, SRB here. Sure, yes. Yeah. Somebody asked SRB if she was going to run for uh, Elijah Cummings' seat, and she said no. And my first reaction was, why the fuck are we asking Stephanie Rollins Blake when she plans on doing it? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like somebody probably <laughs> asked Catherine Pugh, too. I feel like if I just sent out on Twitter, I was just like, hey, I heard there's a presidential election at Martin O'Malley. You thinking about running? <laughs> like, no, he's not thinking about running. <laughs> See, logically, you say he's not, <laughs> but... Maybe he is, and maybe we should know that in advance. He's doing the Bloomberg plan. Listen, uh, now wait, this election wait is not. He knows he can't beat the Trump. The day before election day? He knows he can't beat Trump, but he's looking at Pete Buttigieg like, yeah, I'm just as attractive as you. I, I, I might be able to beat him in a Democratic round. I honestly, I honestly think that if it came down to like a Trump v. Martin O'Malley for the general election, like Trump, like you know how like he was like hanging out on stage like in the background of all of Hillary's shots while she yeah. was like during yeah. that one debate. I imagine that like, instead of a handshake at the beginning, he just like open, <laughs> open palms slaps O'Malley in the face and his poll numbers skyrocket. Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, he was hand- hanging out creepily. Cause I can't think of anything I would enjoy watching more than O'Malley getting like some bitch slapped. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the creep off. It's Trump hung out creepily behind Hillary yeah, but Martin O'Malley also a bit of a creeper. So then, like, it just turns into, like, while Trump's talking, you see Martin O'Malley in the back, like. <laughs> and then when, Don. when Martin's or when, uh, yeah, when Martin's talking, you see Trump in the back, like. <laughs> it's just how who can be the more creepy guy? Like, who? <laughs> this is what our republic has come down to voting yeah. for one of these two fools. Stop asking SRB if she's going to do anything. She's yeah. not allowed to run anymore. Yeah. She's- also, uh, Catherine Pugh. Has no opinion. She should not be running for this yeah. seat. Um, oh, what was the other girl, woman's name? Sheila um, Dixon. Sheila Dixon yeah. should not be running for this seat. Also, Jack Young should not be running <laughs> for this seat. Although, uh, you know, he has a lot of time on his hands since he's, you know, not out murdering people. <laughs> so I guess he could. Quote, unquote, not out murdering people. I see your, I see your plan. It's the best alibi yeah. ever. Yeah. Well, people never suspect the person who's talking about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, of course not. Just like when I'm just like, I hate cheaters. I think it's awful when people cheat on people. It's just like, wow, Corey really hates cheaters. And that's the person you find out is the mm-hmm. cheater the most. Rachel Sanders joining the podcast. <laughs> hey, Rachel. Oh, yeah, you tuned in an opportune time. Yeah. No, but Jack Young uh, <laughs> was quartered in the hallway somewhere. Uh, asking about the murder rate. Oh, by the and way, asking about the murder rate because Baltimore hit 300 murders this week. Um, <laughs> in, October, in November. In November, yeah. which I think 
might be the earliest of the last five years. <laughs> well, we had a very warm summer. So. Yeah, and uh, and uh, hey, listen, and it might cool down. I mean, it might chill out because <laughs> nor'easter coming in, nine inches of snow. Yeah. Hard to get a murder in there when there's nine inches of snow <laughs> on the ground. So. It's hard to get away when you got to clump through <laughs> snow. The cops are just looking down, like, "Well, I see some bloody <laughs> footprints. I feel like we should just follow these." And uh, then it's the real, just, real easy to find the shell casings when you just see. <laughs> Dropped burned into the snow. Yeah, except for uh, let's hope that they all happen in the middle of a shift because then the cops will look around and be like, listen, if I can't get OT for this, it's not (laughs) fucking worth it. Uh, Yeah, but so in the snow with their feet like I don't see anything. Let's go. Jack Young was asked uh, uh, what he's doing about the the rising murder rate. And uh, uh, number one. If you're an elected official of any kind, this is not the response you're allowed to have to this. It's so easy. It's so easy to have a canned response. You made one up on the spot outside. Give me one. Uh, uh, Mayor Cheek, what are you going to do about the rising uh, rising homicide rate? Listen, it's it's very unfortunate. Um, Our city is at a crossroads. We've been working very hard. Uh, But these things don't happen overnight. And... I know that that's no con- and that's no consolation to anyone who's in the city now, but I want you to know that we are working hard every single day. I'm working with the police. I'm working with the uh, commissioner. I'm working with the Department of Public Works to make the city better every single day. There we go. There's a, a perfectly done statement. Also, I am not one of the people murdering anyone <laughs> late at night in the streets of Baltimore. Just so that's clear. <laughs> Don't read foe. <laughs> The uh, no, but Jack Young decided to go the opposite tact, and uh, hold on a second. I, 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 are you gonna pull up the actual quote? I feel like I should just try. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and pull up the actual quote. But uh, so generally, your you know your elected officials can say, "Hey, uh, I'm smart enough not to you know give you a soundbite." And I should say that, but you know, Trump is not. He's a one. He's a guy who's just like, uh, yeah. No, I mean, there wasn't a quid pro quo. I just told him we were going to hold on to the money unless they investigated Biden. And you know what? I'll make the same offer to China. I want China to start investigating the situation and Russia too. Russia, if you could do that as well and just like walk into the more of the problems. But generally, local officials don't do that. Um, it's why Steve, uh, it's why Pete Buttigieg is so good. Let's let's see if this works. Okay, on. are we going to try plays? Let's go. Sorry, mute that part first. Yep, mute that, and here we go. He walked into it twice. So twice, motherfucker. And if you're a young political science student out there, I want you to just rewatch this a million times and know this is not how you answer that question. <laughs> not only, not only is he is he buying into the premise of like uh, he did something wrong, but he's also like saying like you know like I didn't commit these murders, the police commissioner didn't commit these murders, the city council didn't commit these murders. So like, yeah, we fucking know. It's the it's the problem that you guys can't figure it out yeah the, the, the fault of leadership <laughs> isn't that you're actually murdering people you should not you doing probably anything. you probably should say fault of fault of, <laughs> your your dad goes in for an emergency surgery and you they lose him during the operation and the surgeon comes out and he's certainly like he goes like 
listen, I didn't commit the malpractice. I don't know anybody at this hospital who commits the malpractice. It's like, why did you fucking say malpractice? Why are you? <laughs> why did you put it in their mind? Yeah, why are you, what are you, are you doing? doing? Listen, I'm not the one who shoved cheeseburgers in his mouth all his <laughs> life and gave him all of the uh, all of the heart condition. I'm just the one who is here to try to clean it up. And I don't know why you're holding me responsible for cleaning it up. <laughs> What am I in charge of this situation? No, I'm just here. I'm just here giving you news. What was I duly elected for some sort of position? Well, to be fair, he wasn't elected mayor. That was well, uh, he was elected city council president. You had to know. Just like when you were voting for McCain and you knew that Palin was on the ticket, you had to know. Which is why he didn't. You were one heartbeat away. A one unstable heart attack ridden bum ticker from a POW. (laughs) To be fair. He survived a, a Vietnamese prison camp. I think he would have been fine <laughs> in the White House. Especially in 08. It was a much friendlier, much friendlier situation then. And the fact that he lived all the way until 2018, yeah. I guess, sort of helped that argument. But think, maybe if he had the stress of the presidency. But do you think there was any part of him that just wanted to come out any time, you know, after 2008, like 12, 14, and be like, yeah, by the way, news, I'm still here. <laughs> still here. Still by here. By the way. Ticker still doing good. Yeah, I feel like there's like some sort of art, like you know, much like uh, you know, if you if you uh, uh, left your house like five minutes earlier. Something just fell off. I don't know what this is. But it literally just fell out of nowhere. Do you know what that is? That's weird. Where did it come from? I don't know. Maybe the trash can. I literally something hmm. just hit the floor, and I found the piece and. <laughs> It didn't come off the ceiling. <laughs> Weird. That is odd. Well, uh, disconcerting to say the least. I you don't... know, you know where you can find about uh, find out about that and many other mysteries. Where's that? Oh, the anthem dot com. Corey to the anthem dot com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's that number again? Four four three two one nine seven five nine five. You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker dot com. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Corey Baker film and at legend CB five on Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. And uh, yeah, doing a, a review probably for Thursday, hopefully. So we'll see what's up. I, I'm so fascinated watching you looking around for what, because this is disturbing as shit. A piece of plastic fell out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm like looking around. There's no brown plastic anywhere hmm. in this room. Something tells me we're going to find it pretty easily once we're stuck. I hope so. I, I just, I, so, so I've been doing a lot of research into the Mandela effect uh, for, uh, oh wait, let's get, let's get through that. Sorry. Uh, and you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Make sure you check out robertandcheek.com. We can find uh, links to everything, including the video series I'm doing, uh, the Everyman movie reviews. You can find that on YouTube at uh, youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek. Uh, and um, the Rob Explain Everything series, which is just me explaining very complex things very simply in theoretically a short time. Uh, but you can also find links to the books, which are available on Amazon. Bye, books thank you sir uh so i've been doing all my research in the mandela effect and one of the things is that sometimes the universe is cross and information um just gets confused in the moment and the guy who the paper i read about it said that things may just like appear in the universe now what it really talks about is you see a building that's been there and somebody's like, no, no, the building's been there forever. But you have been to that street and you know that that building was not there. Yeah. That's not really a Mandela effect, but it's related. And they're just like, yeah, so the reality is that building wasn't there. But when the universe is crossed, it basically like left an imprint and said, 
this building which exists in universe A, but not in your universe, universe B, when they impact each other, like leaves an imprint and actually that building now will always be there and has always been there in your universe. Yeah. I'm wondering if this piece of plastic... It's a way of the other universe trying to communicate with you. As if we just fell into another universe. (laughs) Or is it possible... uh, What's his name from Interstellar? Um, Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. McConaughey? Yes. I wonder if Matthew McConaughey is trying to send us a message. (laughs) Fifth dimension. (laughs) I guess we'll never know. Or if we do know, we'll tell you next week. Probably yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I think we've done good here today. (laughs) Stumble into the finish line. Uh, we've done something. I don't know if it's... Well, as soon as the mystery piece of plastic that came together, we're no good anymore. We're just, I, I'm disturbed. I'm we're just so like monkeys with the bone in the beginning. Of, uh, 2001? 2001? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm like, very tired, and uh, this has now consumed my paranoid brain. And then I thought maybe Dummy in there had thrown it at us. So I'm now, now I'm just like... Did he fucking throw this and I didn't Slide see Slide it across the floor. Yeah, something. Though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've done something. I don't know if it's <laughs> good. But as always, you're listening to the OD Anthem podcast, part of the OD Anthem digital network for Corey. This is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Arriva Durce. Oh, a uh, new review for Corey on Thursday, hopefully. Why are you taking my day? Why you moved to my day? I always had that day. No, 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 no. You yeah. were you were on Mondays. I was doing Mondays and Thursdays. When uh, I was doing- well, you were doing Mondays, and then there was no post for a while on Thursdays, so yeah. I took Thursdays. Now you're on Thursdays. <laughs> well, uh, find the better version of that review on <laughs> my channel on Thursdays, and then one other day in the middle, some other time. But Thursday? Yeah. What are you doing on Thursday? I don't know. Well, I gotta find something to see. Oh, well, I have. Uh, I have nothing else. I'm gonna watch. Them. I'm gonna like. I want to watch Catch Dolomite as my name. So. I have uh, bulked up five brand new reviews coming at you, and we're gonna get another brand uh, new reviews for things that happened earlier in 2019. Uh, no, <laughs> Lighthouse, Parasite. Oh, Parasite! I just released. Yeah. Uh, Lighthouse. I got a lot of, of good stuff coming. In fact, I just saw like Spider Man like drop like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you watch that one yet? No. My justification was I recorded it because I was like, oh, Disney Plus, Marvel. Great. This is a good time to go back. And then I realized Spider-Man not on Disney Plus. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, well. One of these days. A lot of new videos, a lot of new projects, a lot of things coming out. Check out the channels, the various channels. Yeah. But most importantly, uh, YouTube.com forward slash or the anthem. Indeed, indeed. Thank you guys for joining us. Bye.